When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Horse Bob. This is Haley from Connecticut. I was wondering what your favorite meta horror movies are besides The Obvious Scream, New Nightmare, and Final Girls. Let me know your thoughts. Thanks, Haley. And as a little bit of inside information that I just have to share because I love it, we use Google Voice for our messaging system, which is that you can text through or anything else if you want to call us, leave a message, etc. And part of Google Voice is there's a transcription option that's automatic whenever you leave a message. So some of them have been very hard to understand just reading. So obviously we have to listen to the messages. This one in particular, I couldn't quite figure out why Haley referred to us as horse pond. (laughs) Why Google transcript took horse pond and turned it into horse pond. I don't know, but I love it. And I think that's going to be the episode title now, barring (laughs) anything else. Episode 67, Horse Pond. And if not, that's okay. Move on. We'll just hashtag Horse Pond later. Uh, anyway, great question, Haley. I think I can speak for all three of us in that all of us are fans of meta horror in one way or another. Frankly, they're just... When I was thinking about this question, I could only think of a handful of them at the same time. I'm sure there's a lot more out there. Um, like... Uh, have, have either of you seen the Blair Witch parody? Um, I don't think so. Uh, I'm going to have to look it up. It's They call it like the Blair Wizard or something. <laughs> and it's this, it's this director in the woods who's very aware that he's ripping off the Blair Witch. He just slightly changes the name. And it's just a comedy of errors through the whole thing. It's very funny. I just can't remember. And I probably should have looked it up for this. It wasn't necessarily horror. So, um Let's go right to Xena. What's your favorite meta horror? We're only going to do one okay. because I can only think of like four. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to go with something more recent that always brings me joy. Scare Package. Oh, see, I didn't, and I didn't even think of Scare Package. That's such a good one. It is. It's so much fun. And also, there's going to be a sequel coming. Yay. Is there? That's great. A Scare Package, that was from the people in it. Were they from? It wasn't Funny or Die. Was it College Humor? Um, I'm not too sure. I think it might be college. They're from a, they're the paper, is it Paper Street? Paper Street? Yeah, Aaron Studios. Yes. Yeah. That's like, Uh. I'm trying to remember. Emily Haggins, she's a director. Like, a lot of Austin people mm -hmm. are in it. They also did the Pale Door. Yeah. People behind that movie. Joe Bob is in it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sorry, I just thought about that scene. Yeah. Oh, they literally just call it the Blair Wizard. Interesting. 
Okay. But it, or, oh, they called it the, it wasn't the Blair Witch Project. It was the Claire Wizard Thesis. Oh, okay. Mm, okay. And it, I think I saw it on Prime. I don't know if it's there anymore, but it's worth a shot if if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, Megan, what's your favorite? No, meta? you go next. Ooh. Gosh, uh, Megan. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll just be bossy. No, I that's want, fi- I want to make yeah, sure I, that we got well, our bases covered. So I feel like you should go. I think I know what one you're gonna say. No, so, so you could claim is, it. I've got a handful, so I've got backup. I know it's difficult because I'm thinking of three off the top of my head, but I think I have to say Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, I'm surprised. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that one I think is my favorite just because they are the sweetest hillbillies <laughs> that ever were. And it is so funny about those college kids just come up there and just start killing themselves. All over my property. All over my property. They're just, they're they're such good friends. They're trying so hard, and it's just not working. It's, it's just such a great movie. I love the way they're just uh, that scene when they're driving by the college kids and the way they're looking at just them, staring at them. Uh, when he when he gets his shirt stuck and he pulls back and like the cop pulls him over, just the pose he has with no shirt on, trying to look <laughs> casual in the side. Oh, just wonderful. It is okay, Megan. I think I can guess yours, but I don't you know. You think so? I thought you were going to say behind the mask, so... That's what I, that's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. No, you said I was oh, going to leave that. it to you, so instead, <laughs> we're going to slyly co-mention that into the ether, but I'm going to mm. put one that I think nobody really ever thinks about, because it's such a... Like a low budget DIY movie from 1991 before Wes Craven made it big with Meta. It's uh, there's nothing out there, Ooh. and it is one of the I've earlier Meta movies that is basically a bunch of friends go out to a cabin in the middle of nowhere, and because one of their friends has made a horror movie, he's like, no. You're going to get yourselves killed if you do this. And he's going through all of the the rules. And sure enough, some crazy frog monster is on the loose. And <laughs> yeah, so it's his horror smarts that, that uh, help save the day. But it is very, very low budget. And so the creature effects shows. And it's 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 very silly, very tongue-in-cheek. But I feel like it's one of the, the kind of precursors to meta-horror. Yeah, it sounds like it's very much laying the foundation for Scream. That's awesome. Because I was also thinking, obvious runners-up off the top of my head would be Scream, just mm-hmm. maybe is the most famous example and really the one Which that kind of brought the genre yeah. back. Yep. Probably Scream or uh, Cabin in the Woods mm-hmm, was yeah. the other one off the top of my head, but I just... One Cut and of the le- Dead was like, one of my backups. Oh, One Cut of the Dead. I didn't think of that one. That's a good one, too. Well, one of my backups, since we're doing backups. Um, yeah, the do ret- it. <laughs> oh return God. to Horror High. Is, yeah. You know, oh, that yeah, that's a laugh. good one. Yeah. I always forget about that one, because that's the one with the cheerleader that's a skeleton on, on the, the cover, cover box. Because yes. right? <laughs> I always forget what that is, and then I start watching it, and I'm like, oh, that's right. It's oddly funny. It well, is. not oddly funny. <laughs> it's intentionally supposed to be funny. It just is. The other one I was kind of thinking, and I... I assume it counts if it's fourth wall breaking was martyrs because there is that fourth wall breaking aspect of it. I wouldn't have thought martyrs, but I definitely considered funny games. 
Yeah, funny games for sure. Oh no, that's what I'm thinking. Sorry, funny games. Yeah. Okay, that makes way more sense. I'm like, I don't remember. Mix up those titles. Yeah, Yeah. funny games. Okay. Um, Well, there you go. Just because of the specific fourth wall breaking that exists within it. But yeah, no, good question. I love meta horror. If anyone has any examples out there, like Megan just pulling one out that neither Xena or I had heard of, please feel free to let us know. Here's one for you that came up before. It's, uh, what is that? You might be a serial killer or you might be the killer. I think it's called You Might Be the Killer. It's the one that is also happens to be based on a Twitter thread and it is Mm -hmm. got Allison Hannigan in it. And I think the lead is from Cabin in the Woods too, isn't he? That is him. Yeah. I love that movie. I think that there that's a go. John movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is for you, John. <laughs> I, I think you would like this. I'm going to need to check that out. Maybe an assignment for next week, but probably Ooh. not because my kids are still home and I don't get a chance <laughs> to watch anything right now that I want to watch because they can hear it. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast. Everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. And you know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do our quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So, Zena, what's been filling your heart this week? I decided to visit the 80s because I wasn't really having much luck in our time. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's been crazy. Okay, I'll tell you that later afterwards. That a movie drained the life out of me. Oh. Um. So, but yeah, we're gonna talk about positivity in these movies. Yay. So, uh, the first one I checked out, The Curse from 1987 on Hulu. So Zach mm. Hayes, he's a teenage boy. Oh, he's like a little boy, maybe like 12, 13. Yeah. Um. Yeah. His farm life changes when an ice blue meteor plunges into Earth. Um, and only he and a local doctor believe that it's strange and it's poisoning his farm and water supply and the occupants. So if you like gross out horror movies, um, this may be right up your alley. I remember watching this movie as a kid. Same. Right. It was just like, whoa, is that applesauce? I'll get to that. But, um, (laughs) so just to kind of like break it down without giving out too much. So, uh, we meet this man named Nathan who is, uh, Zach's stepfather. And he's a struggling farmer and he's on in this small community in Tennessee. And when he's not worried about what his wife is not doing or is doing for some reason, he's always in her business. Um, he or his crops, you know, he is, you know, trying to trying to raise um, his stepson and stepdaughter, even though he's just rude to them. And then his son, who's his biological son, he could do no wrong, even though that boy is gross. Anyway, so um <laughs> Nathan, he is a very much an old fashioned Christian and he believes um, that his family should have like the same beliefs in him. And you could tell that there's a little bit tension uh, with the with the son, Zach, because it's just kind of like he's trying to make it work. He's trying to do it for his mother. But, you know, there's some stuff that's just like off about their family dynamic. And it seemed like the mother probably like remarried because, you know, she was her and her kids were struggling and all that other stuff. So now to the good stuff. So um, basically, one night, um, there's, again, there's something that crashes into their land, and they don't really know what it is, and then they don't really think anything of it, and pretty much, it just, this mysterious object, it starts to affect um, their crops, their land, 
like even their house their behavior if you drink the i mean it got into everything so basically it's, it it's the color out of space it's hp yeah. lovecraft's the color out of space <laughs> it is the, the italian low budget version and it's just but it's so great you know it's still so effective because think about it like when it comes to water you you have to use it you have to either yeah. drink it or you're bathing in it or whatever the case may be and again it affected everything so like the apples their again like their crops the animals the land their house their behavior and so like the son the teenage son zach he's just kind of like hey there's something off about this he tries to warn the family they don't listen to him the person who gets it the worst it's just it's clear as day like whoa is that person gonna make it and so what i mean by that is they start acting real crazy like you may think that they're, they they might be sick a little but they get these like boils on their face that's just like layers and layer it looks gross and then on top of that they have stuff that's oozing out of their mouth that looks like applesauce and it just might be applesauce you know it might be it's got will wheaton little baby will wheaton yeah little baby he's, yeah he's, he's the but leader. yeah it's uh it's really cool because they basically transform into like these monster type of creatures. And when you're not giggling because there's some stuff that is kind of funny, you are going to be a little bit grossed out. So I still enjoyed it. And I felt like um, for some reason it wasn't as big, you know, um, in the 80s, in the 90s. Yeah. But, but remember, now. Did you watch now part like people two? Watching it. I did. I'm not too crazy about part two. And yeah. apparently there's a part three. I have not seen part three. I've only seen part two. And part two is nothing at all like that. It's mm -mm. just apparently based on a different H.P. Lovecraft story. And that yeah. one's like mutant radioactive snake hand yeah, thing. Yeah, like a little snake hand that he can't control. It's just like, get that away from me. You know? <laughs> yeah, so, little snake hand. Little snake hands. Little snake hands. It's just gross. But yeah, I mean, you could check it out if you want. You can check out the first one, the second one, or the third one. The third one is very much, um, I didn't finish it, not on purpose. I was exhausted, but it's very, very low budget. So <laughs> I'll leave it at that. So then the All second right. thing is I still wanted to be in the 80s. So I checked out Deadly Friend from 1986 on Amazon. After his friend is killed by her abusive father, the, ki the new kid in town attempts to save her by implanting a robotic microchip into her brain. And that's not a spoiler. And even if you feel like it is, listen, this movie came out in 1986. So... <laughs> but yeah, um, this was like my first time watching this movie in a couple of years because I like exploding heads. And you Who know, the night, <laughs> right? I think we can all agree. But the 1980s, it was just such a weird time because it's just like, what is this? It's just no one thinks that this sounds weird. You have like a boy, his mom and a robot and they moved to a new house and no one has like an issue with that. It's just like normal, you know? Because the eighties was full of like robot shows, like short circuit. Oh, yeah. And then there was that, oh, short there was circuit. that. What was the TV? There was like a sitcom back then where they yeah, had with a the, robot. the little girl robot. Right? Yeah. So apparently was this was the norm. Everybody aspired to have a robot yeah, friend I mean, in the eighties. I, I guess, but it was just. It was... <laughs> but yeah, like apparently, and I didn't, I didn't know this, but Wes Craven at the time he didn't want to make a horror movie. He wanted to make like an unconventional romance, and this one, and it's based off of a, um, off of a novel, which. I don't think I wrote down the name of it. Uh, I think it's just called Friend by Diane Diana Henstel. So yeah, he wanted to do kind of like an unconventional um, romance and stuff like that, that, you know, this couple could conquer it all regardless, you know, reanimated dead, who cares, you know? And so what I thought was pretty cool, you know, when they shot the movie, 
they tested it out with uh, some people, Warner Brothers did, and it was filled with people who are huge, you know, Wes Craven fans, and they hated it because it wasn't a horror. So that was like the first like edit. So they went back and they did some stuff, and there we go. Aww. But yeah, um, but yeah, um, you most of you guys know about this movie. I feel like this is one of his underrated movies, and I feel like um, I like the fact that it's mixed with a lot of subgenres. And you know, if you like horror, if you like sci-fi, if you like comedy. There's great. There's a great mix of blood and revenge, and obviously that exploding basketball kill, which I rocks my that. life. That it's like, oh, you want horror? Here's horror basketball throw. Yeah, but she was terrible. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that should have happened to her, you know. And that's the woman from the Goonies. So, but yeah, it still rocks. So yeah, that's what I did. It was just, you know, look at me. I'm in the '80s. For the record, that sitcom was called Small Wonders. There you go. Small Wonder. I just have vague... There should be a horror version of that. Yeah. I mean, it probably... It is. (laughs) You just change the soundtrack to a lot of this stuff. You remove a laugh track and you add a different soundtrack. It is horror. Ooh. The 80s. They were weird. They were weird. (laughs) Uh, I did not go to the 80s this week. Maybe I should have. I went to 2021. I didn't go far. I didn't time travel far at all. Um... (laughs) Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City popped up on VOD, so you can now rent that if you didn't go see it in theaters. Um, it is basically set in 1998, an origin of this outbreak, um, Secrets of the Mysterious Spencer Mansion and the ill-fated Raccoon City, aka it is a reboot that blends Resident Evil 1 with Resident Evil 2, the video games. Uh, I like this movie. I, I'm not, it's not, I don't love this movie. It's not one of my favorites, but I am a huge game video game franchise fan. Like I, this is one of the few video games that I do make time to play when they release a new one, which I don't really do that very much anymore because I don't have a whole lot of time, but I will make time for Resident Evil. So I was very excited yeah. about this one. Um, and I wanted to show it to someone else to see if I was just crazy because, you know, people hate this movie. And I kind of feel like if you are not familiar with the video games, you're probably not going to like this movie because mm. it's just a huge uh, love letter to the video games and so much that doesn't get explained unless you're already familiar. And and the fact that it's kind of an abridged of the first two games makes it even harder for an entry point. So it's this weird thing where it's not nearly as bad as people are saying, especially when you look at the original movies, which are nothing at all like the video games. So I don't know. Basically, I have fun with it. Is it perfect? Is is and is it cheesy? Yeah, yeah, it's cheesy. It's not perfect, but uh, it. I had fun with it, and yeah, so uh, I like it. So if you like the video games, then give it a shot. If you don't, then there's caveats. Quick question, <laughs> because yes. I've 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 have heard like mixed reviews with this one. I haven't watched it yet. It is on my list to to check out. Um, uh-huh. Why do you feel people don't like it? Just because of it doesn't match like the video game, or I think does it? okay, I think that. Whenever you have an adaptation of something that is so beloved, you have mm-hmm. a very, very niche middle of that Venn diagram, right? So there are people who you have to cater to people who don't know what the property is. And then you have to appease the people who are so fanatical about it. And trying to do that is an impossible task. So for me, 
I love the video games strongly enough where it's like, I, I'm okay. Like there's clearly some remixes and choices that are different from the games. They definitely didn't have time to do. I almost feel like Johannes Roberts was like, this is my one shot. I am probably in case I don't get to make another because people don't watch this, then at mm -hmm. least I will have covered the first two games and splicing it. Whereas you have people who are, way more obsessive about the video games than I am that are like, that's not how Lisa Trevor oh. is in the video games, right? It's not faithful enough, despite it being far more faithful than um, Paul W.S. Paul w. S. Anderson's movies. Mm -hmm. And then you have people who have no familiarity. They're like, I have no idea what's going on at all. This oh. is silly. Because yeah. the original games are very tongue-in-cheek and and silly you know like it's a horror game and it was tense but at the same time there were lines like you jill the master of unlocking things take this lock pick so right. <laughs> there's a little bit of that to it you know so i never played those video games and i even i've heard that quote before too right like some there, of the worst dialogue definitely a in hokiness to it so there's he, he tries to keep the serious horror roots but he you know it's it's definitely a lot like the games and then not like the games in, in minor ways. So yeah, I think, I think it had a very Herculean task that, uh, was probably never going to work in the long run. Maybe it will, maybe mm. I'll, it'll have an audience. I I'm of that small little bubble audience. Okay. Um, and then I watched meander. It is on prime video and it is, uh, I think it's French Canadian, but it's a woman. She wakes up and finds herself locked in a series of tunnels full of deadly traps. It is basically a, a different kind of take to cube, a much smaller scale instead of like this big open cube that they're climbing through. It's like a series of tunnels um, and she's mostly alone uh, and it is very claustrophobic and it does that really, really well. I I'm not in love with the ending. I feel like it just kind of spins mm. off into the ether, but everything up to that, it's a pretty simple story and it's done really, really well. It does get very tense. Uh, the traps are very brutal. So if you like cube, uh, this is definitely for you. I'm going to have to check that out. It sounds cool. I finally got my vinegar syndrome DVD. And I'm not entirely sure what I watched was horror. <laughs> I, I, I'll, ex, I'll explain. It's horror adjacent. Yeah. I'll call it that much. I'll explain after this. An antisocial college student gets transferred to a new college where he meets the popular girl in school. When she's suddenly killed, he becomes a prime suspect. While he tries to clear his name, more victims fall to the brutal killer. Okay, so let me explain this. When I I saw, for anyone who's seen All American Murder, there is a scene, Christopher Walken is in it. This is mm -hmm. actually a, a straight-to-DVD or straight-to-VHS release or direct release. And when he's first introduced, he's introduced as this really smooth cop. And it's one of the funnier <laughs> introductions for a cop character, like how he's talking down like a hostage taker. But there's this great scene where... There's just like a, a random kid walking by him and he just like stops him and he goes, you a cop? <laughs> the kids goes, no. He goes, then scram. Like just out of nowhere. Like, why was that a line? But like <laughs> Christopher Walken can deliver it and it works because it's just like, yeah, he's being Christopher Walken. 
And so I saw that, and then I saw when Vinegar Syndrome had their big, like, uh, Black Friday sales. Mm -hmm. This was on the list, I think, that Bloody Disgusting posted that this was one of the movies that was available. And I didn't want to read any spoilers, but then I... So there's this one particular image that's shown from one of the kills that's very, very gruesome. So in my head, I'm like, well, clearly this is horror. It's it's not. It's mm. it's kind of horror. Like, it's a slasher that's not. So not like, gory? It's, it's like crime it thrillery. Yeah, it's okay. more crime, crime thriller. It, there are some gory kills, but, like, it feels like it could have been horror but most of the kills happen in like the last 15 minutes of the movie. Like it's kind of, almost to the point of like you get surprised by all of a sudden how many people start dying at the end of the movie. Uh, and it sets up this interesting protagonist who's been kicked out of all the schools he's ever been to. His dad's a judge, never listens to him. He's a pyromaniac. Like when you introduce him, he's getting his son out of jail. His son completely content. And it turns into this kind of strange mix of like a love story and nobody ever has listened or appreciated me yeah and like it's just him acting out and then it just kind of turns into a violent slasher and and but at the same time it's kind of this almost weird buddy cop type movie at the same time it's a lot of mixed genres happening. I wonder, it might even be the same guy, and that's what I'm thinking of. It, it reminds me of, like, society, in a way, with that lead kid who is just so kind of out of place. He's It's almost yeah. hokey, a little bit I hokey. think that's the thing that gets me, is this main character, it's like he was, he was written for a different movie. And because his behavior through the whole thing, he's very casual about being considered a, a suspected murderer and like just being out there doing his own investigations. He's not, he's oddly good at it in the worst way. Yeah. <laughs> like the way he stumbles into everything while making himself just look more and more guilty without being cautious at all. It's, it's a very strange mix that I'm also oddly fascinated with I'm glad I bought it I and I'm going to talk about it here because I talked about the vinegar syndrome release a few weeks ago and I feel like it'd be cruel not to follow up in some fashion yeah uh but I really did like it too because it's 91 it still has kind of that 80 cheesiness to it where characters are just caricatures more than anything else there is a pretty good character twist at the end though like all of a sudden like oh whoa didn't didn't actually expect that to be the case. Um, hmm. Worth a shot. If you see it streaming anywhere, I got the Vinegar Syndrome DVD. I'm not unhappy I got it either. Nice. So that was the majority of the week that I could actually sit down and watch a movie. That was that. So I had to throw in some background just for something else. So it was Tales from the Crypt Season 2, 1990s. See, I stayed very early 90s. We kind of covered the gamut. <laughs> 80s, 90s, today. Yeah. yeah. And I talked about Tales from the Crypt a couple weeks ago. For the, anyone who's listening who's not familiar with Tales from the Crypt, I'm a little curious about how you found this podcast. Uh, but you should go check it out. All of them. All the seasons. Go buy them. Uh, maybe start a petition to somehow free the rights up so they can do more. That'd yes. be wonderful, too. 
I I'm always captivated by how many big names, both big at the time and big and who had become big. Like Demi Moore is in the season. Arnold Schwarzenegger directs one of the episodes. Yeah. Lance, Lance Hendrickson's always one of my favorites. He's in one called Cutting Cards. It's one of my favorite episodes. Uh, um, Terry, like a young Terry Hatcher, I think she was just a model at the time. This might have been one of her first acting roles. But it's just, it's amazing. Almost, I wonder if there's a comparison to now. Something that celebrities like just, they're more than happy evidently to be a part of either their agent saying yes do this or they're like no i want to do this do you think it's more it would be like like doing a voice role on the simpsons or family guy or something i can't think of a tv show or anthology that's like anything like this i know a lot of directors now keep reusing the same actors over and over Mm -hmm. not just american horror story obviously with um um uh, mike flanagan uh um not the Coens. Well, the Coens reuse people too. Um, like it's pretty common for directors to do that. But yeah, I don't know. Can you think of anything, Megan? Like I can't think of any shows like this. I don't. Well, <laughs> TV has changed dramatically too. It, it has. Yes. So it's really hard. I don't think you can have a comparison today because, I mean, horror in general. Yeah. You'll see a lot of that, but I don't think with so many like streaming services and stuff like there's not one zeitgeisty show yeah that allows well, for so much i mean american horror story behind the scenes director wise i'm not sure i would say like the new creep show i feel like there's oh, like a lot the of that show's been doing pretty mm-hmm. good about that too that's a good point but that's the only one they... i can think of yeah hmm I don't know. And I think to Megan's point, it was also like there was just there was less options on TV back then. And I think when Tales from the Crypt hit, I mean, but it was also right out the gate. They were getting big names. So well, it was like know. a crossover, wasn't it? Because you had so many movie people behind mm-hmm. the show, like yeah. Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. And back then, TV was not. I mean, TV and movies were separate. You know, people yeah. wanted to be so. a movie actor. They didn't want to, you know, risk their movie careers by dabbling in television. Whereas this was the rare that kind of that attracted movie stars. You know, yeah. we had movie producers, and yeah, it was like a. 30 minute anthology show where it was that was the thing that it was reputation right off the bat Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, that's i think it's a lightning in a bottle type situation which is maybe why it's holds that much more nostalgia for me that there's also that familiarity and there's that this is never going to happen again type feel maybe even like the way that um like game shows used to be back in like the 60s and 70s where celebrities were just there like they were more than happy to guest as like or panel shows yeah like that was a big deal but again it's the times like it just doesn't work the same maybe it's also the yeah the pressures within the industry like no i can't i can't do that if i do that then i'm gonna be that and then whatever but yeah i don't know i still love it so i'll probably watch season three this week it's a little bit more low-key. There's not quite so many, like, screaming curse words going on in it, so I can kind of get away with it at home. That opening. I adore the opening so much. I can't tell you how many times I just, like, go to the rest of the house so I can see it. Don't go downstairs. What's upstairs? Know, like, my DVD, 
I think just the first episode of each disc says like skip intro, and I'm like, no. never, <laughs> never. Why would you skip that intro? There's plenty of intros out there that I'm like, yeah, I get it. I don't need to see it over and over Not again. That one. Crypt, I am good. Oh, okay. Before we move on, what are we watching? How do we watch it? I watched The Curse on Hulu and Dead Friend on Amazon. I watched Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City on VOD and Meander on Prime Video. And I watched All-American Murder on Vinegar Syndrome DVD and Tales from the Crypt Season 2 also on DVD. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what is going on as the year wraps up, Megan? Not a whole lot. I feel like the next couple of weeks are going to be pretty uh, pretty quiet. Nothing hugely important. Um, probably the most notable thing is Sam Raimi uh, bringing horror to the MCU with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, production recently wrapped on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which will be technically Sam Raimi's first horror movie in more than 10 years and his first Marvel superhero movie in nearly 15 years. And uh, they unleashed the first official teaser trailer. Um, you could first see it as the post credit scene in Spider-Man No Way Home, and now it's available online. Uh, Raimi's return to the world of Marvel will release in theaters on May 6, 2022, and you'll find the first look teaser, bloody disgusting, as per usual. In, uh, or you can see it, like I said, in Spider-Man No Way Home. Um it, it's I guess the movie sets the stage for the next one because that's the way of the MCU where it's like a web where they just build upon each other and it's going to explore the multiverse and all of its horrors. Uh, Strange joins forces with Wanda slash Scarlet Witch this time around and uh, it looks like there's going to be monsters Ooh. if you've seen the trailer and probably an evil version of Strange himself which is a very Raimi thing to do. <laughs> Raimi's yeah. movies always have some kind of like evil components like where you're facing your evil self uh army of darkness anyone yeah. i i w i'd be lying if i <clears throat> if i didn't say or if i said that i wasn't hoping that ash might have even a tiny cameo if it's just a, a window <laughs> into another world if it is a raimi movie that's a given because the Campbell has to be in it somehow. Campbell and the car have always cameoed yeah. in his movies. So I feel like that's, yes, probably a given. Um, but yeah, just to reiterate that it is supposed to be, you know, they are touting it as their first horror movie. Um, there was a recent Q&A via games radar where Elizabeth Olsen, Elizabeth Olsen promised that Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange sequel is very scary. Uh, she said, it's a very scary movie. It's like old Sam Raimi. They're trying to create the scariest Marvel movie. Well, let's see. <laughs> Come. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious about all this hype that they've had behind it being a horror Marvel movie. Yeah, don't let us Yeah, I, the, I mean, they originally hired Scott Derrickson for this. Um, sure, because he, he, he did the, the first, first Doctor one, Strange. But he's also done Sinister and the upcoming yeah. The Black Phone. But you look at, like, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies, like, uh, Spider-Man 2 had that hospital scene that was shot like a horror movie. So if anybody yeah. can pull it off, I feel like Sam Raimi could definitely pull it off. We will see. I mean, I think it's still a Marvel movie, mm -hmm. so is it going to be, like, you know, Evil Dead 2 scary? Probably not. But we'll, we'll find out. I wonder out. if it's also going to be gross. I mean, that'd be nice. I'll I, take that. I hope so. Good. Give me some... Zeta wants more ooze. Please. 
Yeah, I'm hoping for the best. Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange is my favorite Marvel movie. Oh. So I'm really hoping for... I'm probably hoping for too much instead of we also get horror. But I'm looking forward to watching it. Is uh, Do you know... Has there been any talk? Is it going to go straight to the theaters? I'm I'm assuming because Spider Man No Way Home is done like a billion dollars that they're just going to go right to theaters. I sure. think for I, I think that they're kind of dialing back this day and date releases. So Bummer. yeah, I'm pretty sure that this is a theatrical, and then maybe thirty forty five days later is when it'll hit something mm-hmm. else i mean like i'm VOD. okay with that oh i suppose because disney's is pretty quick about putting it on their services so yeah okay i'd be okay so, with that. yeah i mean expect a theater one first for that one and then eventually yeah um and then uh ghostbusters ultimate collection has been announced that's going to be loaded with crazy rare special features sony pictures home entertainment has officially announced their ghostbusters afterlife 4k blu-ray and dvd release but a jam-packed box set has uh some really buzzworthy new special features for the forthcoming ghostbuster ultimate collection it is that that's supposed to include an extremely rare ext- I cannot speak an extremely rare 114 minute preview cut of the original film presented in standard def and lost uh, Dana Barrett audition footage with several prominent actresses that all last out to Sigourney Weaver. The preview cut of the film is set to be unearthed early cut of the film with alternate takes, additional scenes, early effects, and more. Uh, we have no idea what kind of changes to expect, but it could be. Uh, some of the newly discovered footage that was included on a Steelbook release. Other highlights is several, oh, we already talked about several auditions. Um, Denise Crosby, Weird Science's Kelly LeBrock, they, they were some of the ones that auditioned for Dana Barrett, so you can expect to see them. Uh, you can, if you're a really hardcore Ghostbusters fan, you can look at the Raw Dailies. And uh, 19 never before seen deleted scenes from Ghostbusters 2. So basically this ultimate collection, I think the one caveat to this is that it's called the ultimate collection. It does have an insane amount of special features, which they do list on bloody disgusting if you're curious. Um, but it only is really going to include physically the first, the second and afterlife, uh, Sony home entertainment made a last minute decision to include a digital download of Paul Fag's uh, 2016 ghostbusters. Mm. So it's not going to be, it's, it's kind of odd to call it ultimate when I guess it's just three out of the four, but it will be available to buy on February 1st, 2022. And it will be presented in collectible ghost trap packaging with lights and a 220-page reprint of the rare 1985 Making Ghostbusters book. So if you are a Ghostbusters fanatic, of which I may be, uh, <laughs> it sounds like a pretty awesome collector's edition. And then uh, news that probably makes Zena happy. It makes me happy. John, I'm not sure. We'll found, find out in a second. <laughs> but all these years later, of all the 80s, sequel, or, or 80s slashers to get a sequel... It's going to be 1984's uh, The Mutilator. Yeah. It's getting an official sequel. The Mutilator. This is crazy. Uh, the Mutilator 2 was first announced. Uh, it was Mad Monster Party. They they made the announcement last week. Uh, Buddy Cooper is returning to write and direct the decades later sequel. So, yeah. Terry Kaiser, who's in uh, Friday 13th Part 7 and Weekend at Bernie's, and Damien Maffei, <laughs> Strangers Pray at Night and Haunt, will star alongside Ruth Martinez and Bill Hitchcock from the original. 
So it is insane. Uh, Taylor said in a statement, I'm so honored and excited to be part of the Mutilator franchise. One of the best parts of this is the fact that uh, Buddy Cooper is back. It's rare for a legacy film to have the original writer and director come back, so you know it's going to be special. Mm -hmm. Buddy and I already have some cool themes and wild ideas for the score. So Alexander Uh Taylor, that's who, who gave the quote. They are doing the the score and they have done the score for scream queen my nightmare on elm street isolation uh, eli roth and jason blum's crypt tv so yeah of all the movies i never anticipated to have a sequel that there you go of of all the 80s slasher movies that didn't get sequels in the first place then why this would be mutilator 2 i'm just saying if they don't set it during spring break they just failed. <laughs> they they do need. We had fall break. We need we spring do. break, and it Gotta needs to break. have a catchy theme song, a very upbeat theme mm-hmm. song. Very upbeat and out of place. Very yes. much so. These it should it should be and from if a. If you sitcom. haven't seen the first one, it's streaming pretty much everywhere. So yeah, you yeah. should check it out. It's a good time. I think I was watching it on Shutter last week or a couple weeks ago. It is, it is this weird train wreck comfort watch for me because the first the first 30 minutes don't make any sense i cannot figure out how this kid (laughs) considering what he did and considering how his father thinks of him seems so happy to explain his childhood to his friends around his dad's house who seems to hate him he is so plucky and upbeat. He is just like somehow oh. failed his way through life. It is so bizarre. Yeah, it's such a yeah. I and it's charming so because I, of that. It's super gory and yet oddly charming. Yeah, because it's so unlike other 80s slashers. Like it's just like you watch it and you're like, yeah. wait, what? What's what's going on? All right, listeners, your turn. Ready to put all your savings on Doctor Strange 2 being a true horror movie? Confused and amazed at how Fall Break is getting a sequel? Let's hear about it. Numbers 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes. Or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also text us at the same number. Or, like Elliot did, send us a lovely little song. Or perhaps say something else that our transcript can't pick up on that we can name a show title out of. Finally, Zena's going to make all our lives easier on the sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should oh, we be guys, watching? Oh, guys, this is the last one of the year. Okay. It oh, is. We, we yeah. made it. But this week is sad. So, <laughs> because oh, we'll, no sad. we only have two movies that's coming. I mean, I could just make stuff oh. up oh. if you want. But, okay, well, first, it's already out Monday, you know, out on the 27th. Um, Red Snow. It'll be available on VOD. Um, well, it is available on VOD. A struggling vampire romance novelist must defend herself against real-life vampires during Christmas break. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. And then on Friday the 31st, <laughs> Sensation will be available on VOD. A postman is inducted into a top-secret superhuman DNA program, and it's revealed that he'll be able to receive, control, and send information based on senses of others. As his training unfolds, strange and unsettling occurrences begin to follow him as he's placed in a bizarre scenario and bizarre scenarios that make him question his reality. And then, of course, you know, this is the last time of me saying of the year. Bloody Disgusting Aww. TV is available for you, as well as Screenbox. 
Um, and just in case if you missed it, Antlers, it is available on VOD. 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 <laughs> VOD. And that's the Bloody Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on her own site, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at LovelyZena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, or feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod, or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards, check us out on Patreon.com slash BeDisgustingPod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn and cozy up on the couch and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Happy and Happy New, New Year! Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Year!